Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Mark Shirley, Louisiana State University Ag Center Crawfish specialist mark welcome to the show good morning Newell. how's it going over there today uh i'm depressed mark so, <laughs> well, i am too uh, the outlook on uh, this crawfish thing i am in complete state of depression <laughs> yeah, so where uh, are we well uh i'm talking to uh, crawfish farmers every day uh early morning late at night with texting uh that's sending sending me pictures of uh, crawfish traps that only have one or two crawfish in it. Uh, wow. Uh, they send me pictures of, uh, you know, where they should have, you know, hundreds of sacks of crawfish at the buyer right now. They only have like three or four sacks. Uh, yeah, it is depressing. Is there anything to reverse this? I mean, does it, does, can the season, does the season get elongated? I mean, we've had a lot of rain here recently. Does, does any of this matter? Uh, the, the rain, uh, the warmer temperature, that will kind of help some of our, uh, uh, some of the ponds do have some small young crawfish in them. Okay. As, uh, some ponds are not a complete loss, uh, but these crawfish are still anywhere from a half inch to an inch or two inches. Uh, and they, they need these warm spells in order to molt and grow. So, uh, yeah, for the crawfish that are still alive in the ponds, it, it will help. But uh, the, the fact is, you know, we lost probably 95% of our brood stock and carryover crawfish uh, back sometime in the uh, summer and fall. And nothing we can do now is going to bring them back to life. So, uh, we, you know, what we have in the pond now is what we have. So there's a difference between uh, the pond crawfish and those in the wild, right? Um how much is the impact of the others? Okay, uh, in a normal year, uh, and both, you know, both the Chaffalaya Basin and the ponds, we're talking about the red swamp crawfish. So it's the same species of crawfish. Uh, well, the basin does have some white crawfish mixed in a little bit, but for the most part, it's, it's almost all red swamp. Okay, so it's the same species of crawfish. Uh, the ponds, we, we try to uh, get them more into a cycle that fits our uh, market demand, uh, such that we have some crawfish available in normal year during, you know, winter, December, January, you know, and then as we get into spring, warmer temperatures, we have more supply, uh, you know, so, uh, the, the ponds give us uh, a, a bigger and more consistent supply, except when we have a major drought, like, like we had, uh, the basin really depends on, uh, water levels. Um, and that depends on how much snow melt and rainfall they get all up the Mississippi watershed and how much water is 
diverted down into the Atchafalaya Basin. So over the next several months, uh, the basin water level should come up, you know, like it usually does. So if that happens, you know, they will be able to produce some crawfish for the market. But in a normal year, you know, maybe 10, 15% of the market crawfish comes from the Atchafalaya Basin. Uh, but this year, that's going to be our main source of crawfish in the springtime. Yeah, and so that's really not going to drive the price down much either, right? Um, it's still going to be a relatively short supply, so uh, prices will still be pretty high, yes. I was looking at a, a chart on some of the data that you provided for me where it says acres failed for crawfish, 45,700 acres. What does that mean? Okay, that uh, back in November, um, LSU, uh, uh, myself, I gave some input on the crawfish, and uh, we had other county agents and specialists around the state look at all the uh, crops and livestock that are affected by a drought. And uh, we kind of put our heads together and tried to come up with a crystal ball uh, estimate of po- the pond acres that would not produce any crawfish at all. And that's that number, that 46,000, which is probably lowballing from what I see right now. Uh, as far as there'll be more acres than that, they'll actually produce zero crawfish, and uh, the farmer will have to make a decision whether to drain it, maybe plant rice or plant soybeans or uh, try to do some other crop. Um, so there's a significant amount of acres that uh, just will not produce any crawfish. Now you have a lot more acres that will produce some crawfish, but just not the normal uh, production level. Yeah, not not the regular yield, right? So normally our, our crawfish ponds can yield, statewide average uh, is probably around 500 to 600 pounds per acre for the season. Uh, now some of the ponds that are really well managed and uh they can get up to 800 to a thousand pounds of crawfish per acre uh for the season uh so that would be a, a normal uh good crop um uh, i think we're looking at probably maybe two or three hundred pounds is going to be a good catch out of some of these ponds this year so it's going to be well less than half maybe less than a quarter of that total production Looking forward to next year, uh, Mark, um, are we able to establish establish um, uh, the crop again for the next next year's season? Yeah, that that's a concern that a lot of farmers have. You know, not only can they not you know pay the bills right now for this season, but they're looking at next season. Can they get stock? Um, the time to stock crawfish in these ponds is. Uh, May and June, okay, when the rice is planted and the rice plant is uh, maybe 14 or so inches tall or better, sometime in uh, May and June, they'll buy mature crawfish from another farmer, from the basin, and put that into that field. And that's the brood stock that produces the crop next year. Well, Mm -hmm. come this May and June, I'm kind of concerned that the supply of crawfish just may not be there. So, the market is certainly going to demand as much crawfish as, as it can, um, but the farmers will need some stock, and we may 
depend on the Chafalaya Basin to produce that stock for us. So they're in a catch-22, right? They, they need to sell crawfish if their yield is only 300 pounds per acre in order to cover their cost of operation for this year. But they really shouldn't take that entire yield out in order to have the necessary brood stock for next year. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, a short supply for the market, short supply for stock. Um, let's see, I talked to one farmer just the other day, and he said, you know, if he adds up all his expenses thus far, Okay, his stock uh, that he put in last uh, June and all through the fall, he pumped, spent a lot of extra dollars pumping because it's so dry, it evaporated as fast as he was pumping. So he's already got $234 per acre on 1,500 acres. That's, that's his cost, his expenses thus far. And he's caught only a few pounds of crawfish total. So he's way in the hole. Uh, multiply it out, uh, you know, tens of thousands, a hundred thousand dollars uh, that he's hoping he can catch a little bit of crawfish to pay off that debt. But uh, that's kind of the situation across uh, all of Acadiana and all across the state. Uh, the farmers have already spent a bunch of money trying to produce this crop, and the crop is is big failure. So it, it is a disaster that. Uh, um, they do need some help, whether it's going to come from the U.S. Department of Agriculture or uh, if there's uh, any other programs out there that uh, could help them. But a lot of farmers are going to be in the buying this year. What, what does it take, um, Mark, uh, how many pounds per acre in providing brood stock to reestablish? Um, ah, good question. The- um it takes at least about 60 pounds of mature crawfish per acre, and a lot of farmers will put uh, close to 90 pounds. So that's about three sacks per acre. Two to three sacks per acre uh, is what most people will stock. And you, you hope that a, most of that is going to survive by burrowing down in their holes, you know, that burrow that may be uh, 20 or 30 inches deep, if there's enough moisture down that burrow, they'll survive until the fall. And in the fall is when those females come out with their batch of babies that maybe two or three or 400 babies per female. And that's what populates the pond. So ideally, yeah, they'd stock two to three sacks or it's 60 to 90 pounds per acre. And um, I got a text about, uh, does the freeze impact, um, that, that stock and the yield? Uh, the freeze really just kind of delays things. Okay, that crawfish is a little cold-blooded crustacean, and he's down in the mud on the bottom of the pond, and if there's an inch or so of ice on the surface, it's really not, uh, it does not kill those crawfish. It does slow their body metabolism down such that, they're not feeding, they're not active, they're not growing, they're not coming to a trap. They just sit there. And if that water temperature is down in the 40s or 30s, he just sits there and nothing happens for a week or two weeks or three weeks until the water temperature warms up, until we get some good sunshine and uh, that water warms up. Then he'll become active again, start feeding, start growing. So, uh, a, you know, a good hard freeze like we had uh, last week, um, several days we had ice on the surface, 
that just slowed their growth. It didn't kill them, uh, but it delayed their growth another three or four weeks in their uh, growth to finally get to a har- harvestable size. Another tax about uh, whether or not uh, they they have the opportunity to provide well water to those fields in order to, to overcome the drought. Yeah, it, uh, you would think that, uh, well, you know, if I have a well, I can run that well and still flood the field. And even those ponds that are supplied with well water uh, that actually had a supply of water and, and pumped uh a lot during September, October, even those fields uh, suffered the mortality um, of the broodstock. So it looked like even ponds that dried up, even just for you know two or three weeks, maybe in August, uh, right after they harvested the rice, um, maybe it uh, took a couple of weeks for, to put water back on the rice stubble to get that growing, or even ponds that are permanent crawfish uh, ponds that planted rice just for crawfish in July, and then they came back and uh, had some uh, shallow water during September and October. Even those fields, we're not seeing the population of crawfish that should be there. So uh, no matter what, uh, the crawfish burrows just cracked open and dried up, and those crawfish died. So even in the best case where you had well water, that didn't save you. Yeah, and August is always one of those months where we have inter- intermittent rain throughout the entire month, right? Yeah, we, you know, we should have at least an occasional, you know, downpour, uh, you know, of an inch or two or three. But all during uh, this past uh, August, September, October, those months we just had, you know, like a tenth of an inch of rain or uh, the weather service, uh, I looked at some data, it was a couple of days they had a TR trace. So uh, there wasn't a significant rainfall until we got to December 1st. Um, Pretty much southwest Louisiana, uh, there was a front pass through, and we got uh, four to six inches of rain in some areas. So, But before that, you know, there really wasn't a significant rainfall event to kind of help us out. So that ground just dried up uh, down deep. It dried, and no matter how much pumping you did, it just couldn't replenish that groundwater supply and keep those burrows wet. Mark, if I'm reading this report right, when we look at other agricultural products, it looks like soybeans really took a big hit as well. 66,600 acres failed. Additional acres impacted over 750,000 acres, roughly 45% of the yield. Right. So, you know, that, that drought was, you know, a tremendous devastation, caused tremendous devastation to Louisiana agriculture, you know, all our crops. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see uh, the recovery of this because it is really a catch-22 and making that investment back in, as you said, in that brood stock. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got my fingers crossed. <laughs> but well, uh, you, you, you didn't. You, it, didn't so, really, uh, you didn't. You re- didn't reduce my level of depression, <laughs> Mark, at all. Yeah. If anything, uh, okay. Lent and uh, you know uh, Mardi Gras and uh, Ash Wednesday and Lent and Easter's coming up. Uh, the I guess the only good thing I can think of is that okay, Louisiana does produce a lot of seafood. Okay, so instead of having right. crawfish, you know, uh, let's boil some shrimp. Well, some shrimp, uh, yeah. Produces, 
Louisiana has a lot of shrimp that we produce. The the problem there is even in some of your bigger famous restaurants, they're still using imported farm-raised shrimp from somewhere in Southeast Asia. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, if anything, you know, when you do go out to eat, instead of having crawfish, uh, ask for Louisiana shrimp and uh, Louisiana get Louisiana shrimp, shrimp, no shrimp in, instead. And so, over the next several weeks, there's always king cake. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, we can at least get fat on king cake. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my part to support the king cake uh, industry. Absolutely. Unfortunately, I am too. Mark Shirley, Louisiana State University Ag Center Crawfish Specialist. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great week. All right. You too. Good talking with you. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 